previously on the GTFOH podcast. Because I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the art. I'm in it for the fucking love. All right. So for the life of this podcast, we won't be taking any corporate sponsors, any money slipped under the rug. We won't be taking any corporate sponsors, any money slipped under the rug. We won't be taking any corporate sponsors, One week later. Yeah. No. No, we're out of avocados. Yes. No, I know. Yeah, the, no, the boys are eating through avocados like like air. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, I know. Avocados, they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. And we're out of avocados again. Uh, hey, everybody. Um, I figured now it's a great time since uh, I'm trying to get some avocado money to um, take our first, uh, our first sponsor, our first sponsorship for the podcast. It's a monumental moment. And um, I know I uh, last week had a clean episode with no advertisement, and that was real cool. But now it's time to get this avocado money. This is the one. This is it. This is the fucking this podcast, the fucking of, podcast all, of all podcasts. Podcasts. It's the motherfucking holy grail. Holy grail. It's like. It's like. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack, our teenager. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. (laughs) This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. What up, y'all? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Recognize, a.k.a. Billboard Baggins, if you're nerdy. Billy Baggins, if you're nasty. Welcome to the GTFOH Podcast, episode two. Episode dos. The Fuck the Menace. We're in here. It's our second date. You know what I mean? The first date is over. I got them jitters out. I'm not too worried now. I feel like I could talk to y'all. I feel a little bit more loose. I don't feel like there's anything in my teeth. You know what I mean? I feel comfortable. I feel relaxed. I got a little bit of text feedback from you that said you enjoyed yourself on our first our first rendezvous. So I feel a little bit more relaxed now. So we're here and ready to proceed and get a little bit more intimate. You know what I'm saying? Get a little closer. Get, get to know each other a little better. So here we are. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Episode two. Um, man, let's let's just get right into it. I don't want to waste any time. Uh, let's just, let's start off with a brand new segment. Uh, I feel like it would be hilarious if just every episode, I just do new segments every time and they never recur. Like there's never a recurring segment on this show. It would just be new segments every week, every episode. I don't know how long I could realistically keep that up, but that would be tight. I don't know. Somehow, some way, I feel like these segments are going to recur. But right now it's time for a brand new segment. Let's go to get the fuck out of the headlines. At 11 pay more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most. 
The fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. Wow. So this dude in Lebanon, Tennessee, okay? A Tennessee man appearing in court for a possession of marijuana charge started smoking a joint in front of the judge. CBS affiliate WTVF reports 20-year-old Spencer Boston approached the bench to discuss his case. Well, that's when he pulled out the blunt from his pocket. He's accused of putting it in his mouth, pulling out a box of matches, and lighting it. Court officers quickly approached and apprehended him, but not before he started talking about legalizing weed in Tennessee. Many in the courtroom burst out laughing at the whole scene. The Wilson County Sheriff is calling the incident the craziest thing he's ever seen. Boston received 10 days for contempt of court for the incident. He's also facing charges of disorderly conduct and simple possession of a Schedule 6 drug. This is in Tennessee. He's 20 years old, Spencer Allen Boston. While he's being arraigned in the court, literally goes into his pocket, pulls out a fucking joint. How to, first of all, how did he have that? How did he, I don't understand. How did he, how did he, yeah, I don't understand how he even had that. That's just weird. How, how did he, how did he have a joint to begin with in court? I don't understand that he pulled it out of his little secret pocket or what, what the fuck. Pulls it out, lights it, starts to smoke it and talk to the judge about why weed should be legal. Get the fuck out of here. First of all, the dude, he looks like, he looks like Jesus, kind of. He looks like a bootleg hippie Jesus. Um, so it just adds to the ridiculous image. And, of course, he's a white kid. Not to not to get racial on y'all, but if this was a black dude pull out a joint in court, I feel like they will lock this motherfucker up forever. This white dude got 10 days for contempt of court. Get the fuck out of here! And, yeah. Um... Wow. Yeah. So he, he lit up a joint. I, I want to know. I want to say that's a first. I've never seen that headline before. That's crazy. Um, all right. So there you go. If you happen to be in Lebanon, Tennessee, and you want to get in trouble with the law, and you do feel the urge while you're being arraigned to light up a joint or blunt, just know that 10 days, that'll just give you 10 days. So you can get away with it. Uh, you just have to serve up them ill 10 days. Um, that's a fun one. Uh, let's move on. They're saying that the former manager of DOD Aerospace Threat Program has just come out and said that UFOs are real. I feel like every year or two, somebody comes out and says, like, you know, from behind the shadows, yo, I'm in the program, this, that, and a third, and um, I'm, I'm saying that UFOs exist. UFOs are a real deal, real thing. Then it kind of goes away, and then it takes a couple of years and somebody else comes up. They're saying... Uh, that this dude, um, the team of people that came out saying that UFOs are real, includes a 25-year veteran of the CIA's Directorate of Operations, a Lockheed Martin Program Director for Advanced Systems at Skunk Works, and a former Deputy Assistant, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. Golly! Um, so they came out at this To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science uh, benefit program of some sort of, some sort of workshop. And came out saying that um, that UFOs are real, and there is uh, they've been operating under the shadows of top secrecy for decades, and they believe that there is quote sufficient credible evidence of UAP, 
for the other unidentified. Get the fuck out of here! A sufficient credible evidence of UAP. What the fuck is UAP? UAP, I'm not getting unidentified assholes projecting. It proves exotic technologies exist that could revolutionize the human experience. Um, Basically, what they're saying is that there's technology that they have that we don't know about that could make life doper. They probably have a way to reverse the polar ice caps from melting. Uh, There's some sort of like super advanced method for fuel and energy. And then there's probably like some wild random like like a sex toy or some like crazy shit that they gave them on the low. There's just like a hookup, you know, like it can't all be like this is going to change humanity. It's got to be like one thing. It's like, oh, you know, this is the clapper or, you know, this is like a Furby or whatever. One like random novelty item. So I'm guessing that's the third thing. Um, so they're saying that, yeah, they're saying it's out there. And I'm, I'm I want to believe I've always wanted to believe that there's something out there. There's some sort of extraterrestrial out there unidentified objects flying in the sky that are from other worlds uh all the proof that i've ever seen just seems fake as fuck um i've had this debate many times with many friends and i'm just not convinced yet i'm still waiting for that holy shit moment and i really hope that it's going to happen in our lifetime um I'd, i'd like to at least at least see that there's some sort of definitive proof of unidentified flying objects or extraterrestrials rather before I leave the planet. So that's just my prayer. I'd like I'd like that to uh, to to happen in the near future if it's at all possible. Let's move on. What else do we got? Um Virginia. Virginia. Mm. Specifically West Virginia before I move on to this headline is the only state left that Mayday hasn't played a show. So West Virginia and Alaska. Alaska and West Virginia, I think are the last two places we haven't played yet. So um damn, I gotta get that West Virginia show under our fucking belt. God damn it. Anyways, West Virginia's in the headlines. Um actually it's not West Virginia. Virginia's in the headlines. Virginia's in the headlines. Uh a new bill could finally make it legal for unmarried people to have sex in Virginia. Mm. Apparently, I didn't know this. I don't know if anyone who lives in Virginia knew this, but um, after potentially hundreds of years on the books, the Virginia House of Delegates repealed the, quote, Crime of Fornication Act last week. In the Virginia Code, fornication, consensual sex with an unmarried person, for those of you who don't know, it is not legal. And guilty parties could pay a $250 fine. So if you get caught fucking and you're not married in Virginia, that could run you about 250 bucks. Get the fuck out of here! Man, I did not know that. And I know we've done plenty of shows in Virginia, and I'm pretty sure that plenty of unmarried people have come to our shows while they're unmarried and left and gone home to do some post-show fucking. Um, so, damn, we I think our shows alone have got to be responsible for at least $50,000 worth of infractions on the Crime of Fornication Act. So, Virginia, I just want to send out a formal apology on behalf of myself, Mayday, Strange Music in general. Um, we have to be responsible for a huge portion of the infractions on the Crime of Fornication Act. Uh, but it was deemed un- unconstitutional 15 years ago, apparently. They struck it down in 2005, but yet it remained in the code for Virginia. So, for some reason, they, just, they said, yeah, it's unconstitutional. 
but let's do absolutely fucking nothing about it. Literally not remove the bill, not, not, not repeal it, nothing. Let's just go ahead and just say, yeah, unconstitutional, let's keep doing it. And then now, finally, they've taken some action, and it's, uh, it's finally been struck down. So if you want to um, get out there for spring break, go ahead and plan yourself a trip, book some tickets, head over to Virginia, and you can do yourself some unmarried fucking. Mm. And you don't have to worry about the $250 fine. Although it would be kind of tight to get fine $250 like and have that on your record like yeah and I'll be, oh wait what happened you, what, you got a little thing on your record you go to like apply for a job at fucking PetSmart or whatever and then they're like yeah your record looks good everything your background check oh, we just have this one question um it says here you got uh booked for you got fined for a crime of fornication in Virginia yeah yeah funny story uh funny story I just um uh, yeah, I got I got caught fucking in the parking lot, the Regal movie theater, uh, with my girlfriend, and we weren't married. So when can I start? Uh, Virginia is not alone in this fornication law. Fornication uh, when you're not married is also still considered a crime in Idaho. Uh, their fine is three hundred dollars, and you can be in prison for up to six months, or you can get the fine and imprisonment. North Carolina has a weird, vague statute on fornication. Uh, an unmarried man and woman, quote, lewdly and lasciviously, lavishly, I'll forget how to pronounce that word. Uh, if they're sharing a bed or cohabiting, they could be sentenced to six days in jail and pay a $1,000 fine. Mm, get it. And it's also on the books in Mississippi. If a man and woman are found guilty of fornication, they could pay up to $500 each and spend up to six months in county jail. Mississippi. Um, and some states have even abolished fornication laws as recently as 2018. Massachusetts repealed its fornication crime statute in Utah. Motherfucking Salt Lake City, the home of the Mormons, they did the same in 2019. So if you haven't repealed your fornication laws and Utah beat you to the punch, you're fucking up. You are definitely fucking up. Um, man, well, I'm from the home of Miami, Florida. So, um, I think, I think you can get fined here for, for fucking when you're married. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's so many single people out here fucking in Miami. Uh, you can almost, if you listen, if you just stop for a second and just listen, you can almost hear it. No matter where you are in Miami, if you just stop and just listen to the wind, you can almost hear somebody fucking right now. Listen. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. All right, what else we got? All right, Mitsubishi uh, has dropped these fake skylights. Um, they just dropped this, debuted this new product, which is basically fake skylights to make your office seem as if it has a window up top. So, you know, you don't get that cabin fever from working in indoors eight hours a day. And they look, they got a video online. They look amazing. They look, they really do make it look like your the roof is open above you and you can see the daylight sky. And they change throughout the time of day. So they start to like slowly get into like dusk and like the sun starts to go down. So it kind of gives you like, it really simulates the, um, the outside, which is cool. Because if you ever worked in an office, I used to work in a market research department they used to do cold calling and there was no window in there 
they had like one small window in the boss's office, but in our office, I don't remember, there wasn't a big window, so it was pretty dark in there, and uh, yeah, that definitely fucks up your vibe a little bit, it'd be nice to see the sun, or a little bit of the outside world is nice, um, so they got these fake skylights, which I, I saw them, and I was like, wow, those would be actually really great for studios, and I got real hype, I'm sure a bunch of people that work in offices will see this video, and also get hype. Then I kept reading, and the caption under the video says, Unfortunately, unless your CEO is looking to drop $6,000 plus per unit, plus, plus, $6,000 plus per unit, you probably won't be getting one over your desk anytime soon. Get the fuck out of here! Ain't that about a bitch? Damn. I hate when they promote a product and then drop like, and they, they get you super hype on it, and then at the last second, they drop some ignorant, silly, ridiculous price tag after to just to say like, oh yeah, this shit exists, it's out there, and it's super unattainable and unaffordable. So, fuck you. Um, yeah. All right, well, moving on. What else do we got? We got, um, I, think, I think that's it for the headlines for the moment. Um, that's it for get the fuck out of the headlines, our brand new segment. Who knows if it'll ever come back, uh, right now (laughs) it's one of one. Um, let's talk Oscars for a minute. We both have hosted the Oscars before, and this is such an incredible demotion. (laughs) They don't really have hosts anymore. Why is that? Twitter. (laughs) Everybody's got an embarrassing tweet somewhere. I know I do. Now, this is, the show went unhosted again, which just feels weird. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Right off the rip, I already know that I read an article right after the Oscars aired, and it was basically saying that the Oscars ratings are at an all-time low. They fall into the, an all-time low. The broadcast on ABC came in 3 million viewers behind their previous low in 2018, right? So they had a raise, I think. They raised it up for the first time in 2014. They had like a rating slide. That was the first time it went up. It's been dropping, dropping, dropping ever since. They had 23.6 million viewers, 5.3 rating among adults, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. I don't know about TV ratings, but whatever. Uh, So that's 23.6 million, which is uh, it's 6 million lower than last year's awards. Um. So yeah, the ratings are going down. I definitely feel like not attaching a host has an effect on that right off the rip. Just put a fucking, put somebody to host it. Stop worrying about, like, did you see what happened at the Golden Globes? Motherfucking, this guy came on there in his monologue, he slaughtered the whole shit. And it was like, I feel like there was one of two things that happened there. When Ricky Gervais hosted, it was either, he's hosted four or five times or some dumb shit like that. So it was either they knew exactly what he was going to do and they were like yes do it slaughter us because that shit is good for business on some donald trump fake news shit it's great for headlines it's it's going to be dramatic it's going to be controversial do that shit or the less likely scenario is that ricky gervais was like yo fuck this job i hate this shit i don't want to do this no more but they keep giving me money and i just want him to like stop offering me this gig so you know what on this number four or number five whatever it is i'm going fucking in i'm gonna slaughter each and every one of these hollywood motherfuckers and i'm gonna go in and make sure they never invite me back to this shit ever a fucking get the fuck out of here um now i don't 
I don't think that's what happened, but that's a possibility. But really what I think it is is that the the people producing the Globes knew what the fuck they were doing. They were like, yo, let's put this dude in here. Let's have him say some wild shit. And then everybody will be talking about it the next day, tweeting about it, memes, all that shit, whatever. And it worked. It probably worked. I, I didn't look at the Golden Globes ratings, but I'm willing to bet they were higher than they were the previous year. And they'll be higher next year, possibly. That's my guess. Um, with the Oscars, they're so caught up right now with the gender equality, the Oscars so white shit. Um, they're so fucking worried about about doing the wrong shit. And they're trying to transition into like doing more inclusive shit, which is cool. I'm all for that. But right now they're fucking tiptoeing on eggshells to get the show done. And you can fucking feel that shit. You can feel that shit in every goddamn fucking corner of the show. First and foremost, they had Janelle Monet come out, which is dope. I love Janelle. Love me some Janelle. I, I, I've loved Janelle since the uh, Many Moons. Uh, what's the name of that? The, the first EP that she did was on some spacey Android shit. Super fucking dope. So I've been a fan of hers forever. I will, I'll drink a tub of her bathwater. She's finer than a motherfucker. Um, she came out, performed, and killed it. And then near the end of her performance, she said this. Tonight we celebrate all the amazing talent in this room. We celebrate all the women who directed phenomenal films. And I'm so proud to stand here as a black, queer artist telling stories. Happy Black History Month. Now, when that happened, my mom and sister, me and my mom and my sister were texting. We had a little text thread going. And my mom said, oh, is that the first time that she said she's queer? Like, officially, officially? And I was like, wait, she said she was queer? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, nah, I think she was talking about dude. She, like, I think she said she was standing there with, uh, was it was Billy Porter, whoever she was with, I forget his name. But she, I think she was talking about him. No, I was fucking wrong. I went back, scanned it real quick to watch it. Yes, no, she said, I'm standing here as a queer storyteller, um, basically coming out saying that she's gay. I know there's been rumors for the ever and a day that she's bisexual. So, you know, that that never like broke, you know, broke my heart in terms of like, damn, we lost we lost a fine one. You know, as, as a man, I'm talking about got nothing wrong with her being gay. That's totally cool. Nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, on some Seinfeld shit. But I always just feel I'm a competitive dude. Right. So I'm like, we lost one for our side and shit. Like, damn. And Janelle Monae is fine. She's fine and super talented. Right. So I want to start off with a moment of sinus. Okay, gentlemen across the world, if you if you feel the same way as I feel, if you think Janelle Monae is finer than a motherfucking, you drink a tub of her bathwater, and she's also super talented as well. I just need a collective moment of sinus. So um, on the count of three, everybody, gentlemen, ladies, just uh, talk amongst yourselves. Gentlemen, let's have a moment of sinus on three for losing another one to the um, to the battle. This is basically one less beautiful woman that we all may have the chance. Up until this point, we've all thought we might have a chance with Janelle Monae. Uh, and, up, and now that, that chance is gone. And, I, you know, I'm a happily married man and everything, but if I did have one of those little laminated cards from friends or whatever, when, you know, you, you oh, five celebrities or whatever, Janelle Monae, yeah, she was, on, she was probably on there. I'm going to say she was probably on there. So, moment of sinus uh, before we move on. Gentlemen on three. One... Two, three. <sighs> Get the fuck out of here! So we lost Janelle, man. But good on her. 
she killed it. I like the the medley, the the song she opened up with, and then she did "Come Alive," and she she was dancing. She was in the crowd. She was like, it was dope. Her performance is dope. She's ridiculous. Um, and then from there, the awards in general just feel like they kept placing things in in they kept putting things in that was like, look, look at us. We're doing this. We we could be so diverse and so inclusive, and and that that's great. But at the same time, when they're doing these inclusive things, it feels so forced in certain areas. There's certain areas where you're like, all right, Oscars, we get it. Are you like, and it just didn't feel genuine per se. It was like, and then what the fuck was what the fuck was up with we're gonna bring this dude out to introduce this dude who's introducing this dude? I don't understand is it because they had no host they were doing multiple introductions which just felt weird as fuck they're like yo we're gonna bring out this little homie and then he's gonna introduce Lin-Manuel Miranda and then Lin-Manuel Miranda is gonna introduce Eminem no he introduced a medley of songs in movies that introduced Eminem man that was a lot of roundabout shit you could have just said everybody here is an 18 year old overdue performance of Eminem lose yourself where he's kind of losing his breath and not doing he should have had a hype man but he wasn't he was letting the crowd like sing it for him but then they'd be like oh he'd stop and do a half bar and then you they'd cut to the crowd like oh maybe the crowd sing along nope it's Mario Scorsese passing out on himself and drooling get the fuck out of here okay next bar okay oh he stopped it must mean the crowd's gonna sing along oh let's cut to Billie Eilish no she's rolling her Billie Eilish into the back of her fucking head so that was weird as fuck um I'm an Eminem fan. It was cool to see Eminem performing. It definitely felt a little overdue, but hey, fuck it. Why not? I mean, better late than never, I suppose. Uh, But you could tell the reactions. I guess it was worth it just for the reactions in the room. The reactions in the room were fucking amazing. Meme worthy like a motherfucker. I know we're seeing those memes all week. 1000%. I've seen the Martin Scorsese one already 50 times, uh, at least. Um, So yeah, there was just a lot of, in the show in general... There was a lot of moments where it feels like it's forced. My recommendation to the Oscars, to the Academy, to the recording, I mean, uh, to the it? <laughs> Motion Picture Academy. Yeah, sorry. The Motion Picture Academy is put a host back on the show. Stop being a bunch of pussies. Uh, put, a sh- put a host back. We need The show should be hosted by somebody who runs the whole show. It feels weird without a host. That's just There's been more of them with hosts than there has been without. Put a host back. Uh, it's cool where you're going with the inclusivity. Yes, it's di- like diversify this shit because it's been one way for way too long. Um, maybe have somebody that's reputable come in and direct those moments or if, if they are going to make sure. Just you need somebody in charge of that that's genuine and not like, oh, we need to fill this quota. Okay, let's get this Asian dude here. Boom, boom, whatever, whatever. Eh. There's like some things where they need to really, they need to dial it in and make it genuine because some of it felt very fabricated very forced as far as the movies go my sister got super into the into the oscars this year she downloaded the oscar scorecard she which i didn't even know that was a thing the oscar scorecard that's a thing you can go online find the find the basic like ballot and then you can like fill it in yourself compete i guess i kind of knew that was a thing but i never did it before so i got hype she did this like a month ago whenever the nominees dropped she told me Okay, yeah, I'm doing this thing. We're gonna compete, basically fill in what what movie we think is gonna win, and then what movie we would want to win. 
So I was like, oh, shit, hell yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm in. So she's like, yeah, I'm downloading and trying to, like, find every movie that I can. I'm like, cool. Then I started to look at the list of how many movies I would have to watch. And I was like, there's no fucking way. Absolutely no way I'm gonna be able to keep up with this shit. I seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I seen Joker. I think that's about it. I literally think, I, I don't think I've seen any of the other movies. Um... So I was like, how do I compete with this? How do I, I uh, yeah. And then I'm like, can I watch Can I watch one movie or one thing a day? Nah, I, I got two-year-old twins. I'm fucking exhausted. I'm like, by the time it's like the evening and I could watch anything, I'm like a narcoleptic by that point. Or I'm going to go to the studio and just like bang something out, like on fumes is what I'm doing right now. That's my current schedule in life. So I was like, there's no way I'm competing. So I just, I, I bowed out. I didn't make it. But I was checking in with her her ratings, her reviews, her, her, her posts, and she didn't do well. She told me she didn't do great. Um, yeah, there were some few surprises. I, I definitely wouldn't have uh, thought Brad Pitt was going to win. Um, I didn't think Parasite was going to win. I haven't seen Parasite, but I've seen all the hype, and I started to think, oh, maybe this shit could win. But when you think about it, no foreign language film has ever won, ever, um, in the history, 792 years or whatever, of, of the Oscars. So... It seemed like a tall order, but the fact that they won and they swept and they cleaned up like they did—that's amazing. South Korean film, uh, film team, film director, writer, all that shit. So that's dope. Um, I can't wait to watch that movie. I'm super hyped to watch that. I think uh, that's gonna be my first order. I did manage to watch Ford versus Ferrari before uh, the Oscars aired, and that shit was super dope. I loved it. Um, the acting was great. Everything about it was great. Gave me an anxiety attack towards the end. I got really bad anxiety issues lately, and uh, that movie was, like, tense, man. It had me fucking, I had to get up and walk around and shit. I don't know. I'm like a fucking, I'm like a frail little deer right now with with high anxiety situations. So, they're racing, and it was tense, and everything was going down, and I was, like, having a fucking panic attack. So, I should have probably watched, like, Marriage Story or something. (laughs) Marriage Story is one of those movies where... It looks good, and the acting's probably bomb and all that shit, but I'm like, this shit looks like, I don't, this looks like something I would not want to watch. Like, you have to really be in the mood to watch. Oh, oh yeah, the movie looks dope. Yeah, Scar- Scarlett Johansson, she's fine as a motherfucker. I'll drink a tub of her bathwater. And yeah, dude from Star Wars, like Kylo Ren or whatever. Yeah, he cool. Um, do I Do I feel like watching two people, two married people fight? Nah, not really. And what they're fighting with over, and they got a kid issue. They got a kid like this looks. I could. This sounds like some real life shit. I don't want to fuck with this. This sounds terrible. Um, it was like Revolutionary Road. That was another movie that looked good. Crazy good acting. Uh, whoever the fuck was in that one. And they all and and it looked like it was gonna be amazing too. But then I was just like, when am I gonna feel like I want to watch two people argue? I don't know. I, I, I don't. That just doesn't seem super appealing to me. Other than the other than that, the Oscars, they asked uh, Ty, Taika, how you say this dude's name? Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. Um, they asked him on the press conference after uh, what writers need to be asking for in the next round of talks with producers, what the WGA needs to be asking for. They asked him a straight up and down serious question. And the answer that he gave, I feel like was an answer I would give. If I was in that same situation, he killed it. Listen to what he said. With the upcoming Writers Guild talks, I was just curious. What are some of the needs that you believe that writers 
should be asking for in the next round of talks with producers? Um, Apple needs to fix those keyboards. Though they are impossible to write on. They've, got, they've gotten worse. It makes, me, it makes me want to go back to PCs. Because PC keyboard, the bounce back on, for your fingers is way better. And hands up who still uses a PC. You know what I'm talking about. It's a way better keyboard. And those Apple keyboards are horrendous. Especially as the computers, as the, as the laptops get newer and newer. I mean, the, the, uh, here's the, new, the, latest, the latest one, the latest uh, new iMac. The keyboards are worse. And I've got very, about uh, some shoulder problems. I've got um, like a sort of ooze, I don't know if you call it over here, like this sort of thing here, which is that tendon that goes from like the forearm down into the thumb. You know what I'm talking about, you guys who are writing. And what happens is you open the laptop and you're like this. So the laptop, the, we've just got to fix those keyboards. WGA needs to step in and actually do something. <laughs> Yo, he killed it with that one. He killed it with that one. I love fuck with that dude. He he won um he won an Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. I think for for the writing for the adapted screenplay, um, which was very cool. I don't fuck with this dude. I'm very excited to see what else he does. And just uh, yeah, answering with shit like that is definitely right up my alley. Um, he wants the WGA to step in and tell Apple to fix their keyboards. Ah, <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. All right. Oscars 2020. It was it was an entertaining one. I'm done with the award shows. I'll, can we get out there now and all go out and create something great? Can we all do something amazing? Stop worrying about who the fuck got a trophy for what. I, like, it was fun. The pageantry's cool. It's over now. I'm done with it. I'm done with the awards. Fuck awards. Let's go out there now. This is like, okay, for the rest of the year now, we got awards month away, awards season away. Now it's time to go out there and grind and create great shit. Fuck all the awards. We'll worry about this shit next year, okay? Awards season over. We're done with it. I'm just going to go ahead and break my whole rule from before. Um, Here's a recurring segment. It's a brand new segment from last week that's reoccurring this week. And it's called... The world is fucked. Why bother? The global death toll has now passed a thousand from the coronavirus. And that's including a one-day high of 97 people all killed in one day. All dying in one day, rather. Um, Shit is fucked off. Um, I think they said 3,500 people have recovered from it. But more than 25,000 patients have been hospitalized, including 1,200 who are in critical condition right now. So, continuing now, this shit's looking bad. Coronavirus definitely got me concerned. Um, I know everybody here is like, oh, no, we can all relax, boom, boom, whatever, but I don't know. This shit got me looking over there like, what the fuck is going on? Um, it's already past SARS. I remember SARS was a big-ass deal back in 2002, 2003, and now we've already surpassed those numbers on SARS. <clears throat> SARS had 774 victims. This We've already just passed 1,000 now with coronavirus. So that's looking terrible. And then I can't, I'm having trouble personally fi- like getting through the propaganda of it. I see a lot of people talking about Wuhan. I, I had one friend tell me in particular that a, that a friend of hers, so we're doing friend of a friend here, worked in Wuhan and said that Wuhan, like their sanitary the way the like the cleanliness there was fucked off. They had a lot of wild animals and a lot of like seafood and crazy shit that was mishandled. And basically they said that their friend had told them that 
from their trips and all the work they did there, it was like this was inevitable. This was bound to happen. They're doing crazy shit. But then I'm seeing memes online. There's like one with a dude like fucking a chicken. Uh, there's people like the mar- the seafood markets where they're like eating live rodents. Fucked up shit, man. Crazy shit. So I don't really know. It's hard to like sift through what's propaganda, what's fucked off, what's just like viral meme shit and what's real. But it definitely seems like the overall consensus is that the the place was like prime for this. It was definitely primed to be like a breeding ground for this. And it was like surprising that this hasn't happened sooner. And to make it even more fucked off, the dude who blew the whistle on the whole thing, the scientist that first said, yo, you got to watch out. This shit's about to pop off. They silenced him. The police gave him a hard time. They like basically shut him up. And then he ended up getting sick. And then two days ago, three days ago, he just died. So he just passed away. And now they're saying that there's other cases of people that came out trying to speak up, trying to assist, trying to alert the people, and they've been, like, suppressed. So China's got, like, a real problem on their hands uh, other than just people dying and people sick. They're fu- they're fucking off in a whole other way that we I feel like we need to be concerned with because China's on some other shit right now. I don't know what to think anymore. Um, so the global death toll has passed 1,000, and it's still rising. And that is uh, 97 people that died in one day, and it continues to uh, spread around the world. There's more than 40,000 cases now that have been confirmed in 28 countries and territories. That's since December 31st. Obviously, the the majority of the cases are in China. Um, But there's been 43 in Singapore, uh, 36 in Hong Kong, 32 in Thailand, 27 in South Korea, 26 in Japan. then you got Malaysia, Taiwan, Australia, Germany, Vietnam in descending order to get to the United States where we have 12 deaths. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's definitely spreading. Um, it hasn't hit Africa yet or South America, but pretty much the rest of the planet's got at least a few cases each country. So it's definitely something to look out for. And um, if you caught last week's episode, you'll remember... Wear your surgical mask and wash your hands. And hopefully everything will be all right. The world is fucked. Why bother? All right. It's uh, time for an awkward segue. Awkward segue. Uh, Where do we go from there? I guess let's go to the phones. I I feel like I got to find a better place to do the world is fucked. Why bother? Because it's tough to segue out of the world is fucked. Why bother? Like, should we go to some ultra happy like should we like should I read lottery numbers after that? I don't know where to go from that one. That one's that one's tricky. Um let's go to the phones. Let's do some phone calls real quick. Yo, Rick. I seen a picture that you tweeted last year of you noms and slug. Is there a possible atmosphere feature in the near future or on your album? What about production credits from Ant? As John D I appreciate the question, John. Yeah, um, last time we were on tour for Mayday, we had a night off in North Carolina, in Chapel Hill, actually, funnily enough. And um, Atmosphere was playing. They were on the road. And we went to the show. We got hooked up and went to the show because our tour manager, one ton, most of y'all know him from Potluck, he, um, he was on Warp Tour with Atmosphere years ago. And he had the plug, so he got us into the show. The show was amazing. Um, super good production value. Like they, they brought in some PAs and like the sound was amazing. And 
Uh, for the first time I'd ever seen atmosphere with like screens. They definitely had like updated their setup. And the show was fucking dope, man. I, I was a huge atmosphere fan from back in the day. I used to go to Scribble Jam and Battle um, in Cincinnati and, and all the Rhyme Sayers cats used to be there. And when I was like coming up 18, 19 years old, uh, I, I flew myself to Cincinnati by myself, went to Scribble Jam. Um, I'll never forget. I went to the opening party. It was at Top Cats. And any of y'all that are familiar with Cincinnati, Top Cats, it's not as it, it used to be the hood where it was at. It's it's better now, but back in the day, it taught that area where Top Cats was was it was a little intimidating. And I was like 18, 19 by myself. I didn't have any friends that wanted to go on this first trip that I went to Scribble Jam. I went by myself, so I took a cab on some MapQuest shit because this is pre pre GPS, pre cell phones, all that shit. And I had, it was just me and my camcorder and I got out at Top Cats and the bouncer at the club was like, Hey man, you can't, you can't get it. You can't go come in here with the camera. There's no cameras allowed. And I was like, Oh, and as I'm turning around, the cab is bouncing. This is like, you know, I I couldn't Uber it back or fucking anything. Cab bounced on me. And this is in a neighborhood where there was no other cabs. There was no other cars even. Uh, so I was like, oh shit, I'm fucked. I started to panic. The guy next to the bouncer said to him, hey man, look, he just got out of a cab. What is he going to do? You know, like just, you know, cut him a break. And the, and the dude, luckily the bouncer said, look, you can come inside. Just don't use the camera. I'm going to be watching you type shit. And I was like, yes. Oh God. Cause I didn't know what I was going to do. Walk back into this neighborhood that looked like very intimidating to me at the time. Um, so they let me in. I went to the opening party. Uh, I saw that was the first time I seen atmosphere in person at all. I saw Slug and Ann. Uh, there was a bunch of folks out there. And then that Saturday, they had the actual event. And I tried to go say what's up to Slug. And of course, I'm like a nobody at this time. I haven't done anything in the industry. And um, he wasn't rude to me per se, but he was like not super friendly either. And I'm sure it was just like, Man, there was a lot of people there. People were probably trying to talk to him, talk to him all day and whatever. So the reason why I bring it up is that time is the only experience, the only exchange I ever had with Slug. Um, fast forward now. Man, uh, that must have been 2001, 2002. So fast forward, you know, 17 years, 16 years, 18 years, uh, a while, a long time. And... We've, we've like crossed paths with Rhyme Sayers a few times through Strange. We have like some friends. We have mutual friends. We have mutual colleagues. And when we got there, uh, we were trying to hang out after the show. And the tour manager said, hey, the guys are going down to this barcade down the street. Um, if you guys want to just like only you've got to bounce and you guys want to try and get a picture, say what's up. I'll see what I can do real quick. But if you guys want to just wait, the guys are going to go kick it. Go, We can go all everybody squad up together. So we're like, all right, yeah, fuck yeah. A, on a side note, I love barcades. Barcades are the fucking truth. Every tour stop we go to that has a barcade nearby, I'm there. Um, most of the time, if you know there's a barcade near a venue and you know we're doing a show there, there's a good chance I'm there. If you ever want to come say what's up, play a game of Pac-Man or whatever, come holla at your boy. So we went, went to this barcade down the street and the guys showed up and they were super cool. And was cool as fuck right out the gate. And then Slug was super friendly, too. He was being real cool with us. And I started talking to him and telling him about how we did South of Fifth. We did this reggae album, this hybrid. And he said that was real dope, what we were doing. 
and I was telling him we really wanted to come and try and bring the show to Soundset. And we just talked, and then he started getting real talkative to me. And he started recommending, like, record label stuff to me, like new record labels he was into, like new stuff he's been digging on. And that was very cool experience to me. It was, um, especially coming off of the last experience I had with him, it was really a very good, you know, uh, what do you say? It's like palette changer, you know what I mean? It was a very good, like, palette reset on 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 my experience with slug and we talked for mad long we talked for like 30 40 minutes at the bar had a couple shots talked about music and um yeah it was an amazing experience and and i know um we tried once before burns tried to get um slug on bed of nails with him and mers and the schedules didn't work out at the time that would have been the first time that we would have actually got an official like collab between our camps but it didn't happen so i'm hoping yes in future one way or the other we will work with slug or ant it's definitely on my artist bucket list to, 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 to check out, to check off. But um, it hasn't happened as of yet. But And there's no plans currently. But I'd like to say it's definitely, from our perspective, is is, is, a, is a yes. I, I want to make that happen some way, some shape or form. So, um, yeah, here's the hoping that we can make that happen. Uh, appreciate you with the question, my brother. Uh, let's, let's go to the lines one more time and see what else we got. You'll recognize it's uh, Spencer here. Biggest fan. Uh, I've seen every single episode of the podcast, and uh, just wanted to know, what's the word on the Take Me to Your Leader documentary? Thank you very much. I'll be calling in later. Well, fucking Spencer Nair. I like how he said, like, he's heard every episode of the podcast, but we're only on our second episode. <laughs> that's my guy right there. Ah, that's tight. Uh, everybody who leaves a message now, I just you should just start off with, like, hey, man, first time, long time. You know, they do it on the radio shows. Even though it like, hasn't been a long time because we only had two episodes. This is the second one. Um, I like that. Take Media Leader documentary would be amazing. Um, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary, actually. Uh, not next year, but the year after. 2022 will be the 10-year anniversary of Take Media Leader. So I think on the 10-year anniversary, we're, we got to do something. I'd like to do maybe a vinyl release. And then we should do a, definitely do a documentary because I would love to talk about the process behind that album and how it came to be. And yeah, it's, it's, we have a lot of layers to how we made that album and what was going on around us at that time. And yeah, there's a lot we could talk about. So yeah, I, I'm going to say tentatively 2022 and let's uh, see if we can make that happen. 2022, the Take Me to Your Leader documentary. You heard it here first. Um, now I just got to go talk to everybody else about it. <laughs> But that's that's my first thought. I would love to talk to uh, talk about that. Let's do one more call. Let's do one more call real quick. Hey, Rick, when you're making music with Mayday, how easy or difficult is it to have everyone on the same page as far as an album direction, um, song topic or even B selection? Is everyone generally on the same page when it comes to that or are there disputes amongst you guys? Um, if you could just shed some light on that or even give some specific examples, I'd greatly appreciate that. Thank you. All right, that's Cameron Zakani. Zakani. Zoconi? Zakani. That's Cameron. Anyways, uh, appreciate the question, Cameron. Um, when it comes to album stuff, um, man, it's pretty fluid at this point. After all these years we've been working together, um, we kind of just sit in a room talk about it it's all conversation based 
if it's if it's album concepts, we normally come up with a few each, and then we just kind of throw them in a pile and just see which one kind of like really goes over and well in the room when we say it out loud. Um, then when it comes to song titles, sometimes we'll just listen to music, and then if we have a beat loaded up, we'll say one of us will say to each other, "What about this?" And then the other one will go, "Yeah, nah, I don't know." And then what about this? Yeah, oh yeah, okay, that could work. Yeah, I feel that. And we just kind of go with the flow. We, we, we don't really um, butt heads a lot when it comes to creativity at this point or creative direction. We're very like, we have way less cooks in the kitchen than we used to have. So it's become more easy as the years have progressed and the group's gotten smaller to get an idea across because you don't have to pass it through as many hands. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fluid, man. It's not, uh, and then I think the only time we've had other like debates um in the past is like if i bring a record that is supposed to be for a solo project which hasn't this happened a lot in the beginning um like rem was a song that i did that was meant for a concept album i was working on um that was supposed to be a solo project and when burns heard rem he was like bro i didn't hear that word that come from like yo that we should totally put that on the album he loved the record and they wanted me to put it on the mayday album so at the time, Mayday was the priority. Mayday, you know, has always been like the top tier thing where I put my most effort into. So I ended up passing Rem on, even a little begrudgingly. But I was like, I know what's best. I know what's best for the group, and I and I want to, you know, I want to give everything I got for the group. So Rem became a Mayday cut and made it on to Take Me to Your Leader, even though it was initially written for a different project and a solo idea that I had. Um, but those don't happen as much anymore. Um, sometimes they will still, that's like maybe the only debates we have is whether or not something's going to go on a solo project and it could go on a Mayday album and we need records for the Mayday album. That would be it. Uh, but creatively with the songs, man, we just kind of knock them out. We do so much music now that it's hard to get into an argument about shit. Really. It's just, we just go, 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 go. And, and it's almost like telepathic to a point where we're like, we kind of are all on the same page most of the time anyways i'd say 90 percent of the time so yeah it's pretty smooth uh for the most part uh, and speaking of which it's a good segue for that we do have a bunch of music coming out from the camp this year and the first bit of it is about to come out very soon i haven't gotten the full clearance to announce it or say what it is and when it is yet i've given some hints here and there on social media but it's coming very soon so uh stay tuned for that we're about to start launching a shitload of music. Um, I know you guys were in tune with my freestyle barrage last year in 2019, and we're about to switch that into original full-length song mode. So hopefully you haven't forgotten that I know how to make songs with hooks, and it's not just all freestyles. We have a lot of music coming, um, and it, oh, I'm so close to being able to like tell you what it is, and I'm very excited to do that. Uh, so as soon as I get the green light, and they tell me that I can go run my mouth. I'm going to do that, and I'll let you guys know on the show. I'll let you guys know on social media. You already know. Um, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure. Week two. I'm, I'm going to start getting this show into a structure, man. I, I'm going to find the structure for this show. I haven't found it yet, and I've just been kind of freestyling these first couple weeks, but I'm working on getting this show into a proper structure that I think will be fun and enjoyable. And until then, these last, you know, these first couple shows, I'm just kind of feeling it out and seeing what you guys like and what you don't like and just kind of giving you a vibe. And um, 
it's going to fall into place. I feel like slowly but surely it's going to fall into place. But I appreciate all the support, everybody who's been hitting me up, everybody who shared the show, everybody who's listened, streamed the show, whether on your podcast apps or on YouTube. It's been very appreciated by me. It's something new for me. And uh, yeah, I didn't know if I was even going to be any good at this. So it's a learning curve for me. And uh, I appreciate you guys supporting means the world. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's keep it up and I'll see you guys next week. Um, I feel like until uh, until I come up with something more original, there's only one way to say proper goodbye on this show for now. It's that time again. We got to say good night. You know it's getting late Tomorrow is another day My friend All right, people It's time to go home Yep Losing time We're ready to head on out So let's go You don't have to go home But you can't stay here Now you're making me mad You're gonna make me swear Get the fuck out of here Finish up that beer You might as well call it a night, my friend So long, arrivederci, sayonara Get the fuck out Ciao, good night Bye-bye, so long, farewell See you later, alligator In a wild crocodile, say good night Get the fuck out Get the fuck out of here Come on, give me a fuck can I get a refill, please? Hey, get you, fuckface, get out of here! What do you fucking get got? Get the fuck out! Yeah, you! The GTFOH Podcast. Learn more at thegtfohpodcast.com. Just what the world needed, one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here!